you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Can you say amen to that? In fact, would you just say, I won't lead myself anymore. Come on. I won't lead myself anymore. I've come to know that you are already leading me. I tune into you. Come on, that's a prayer. I tune into you. I see how you see. And I will go where you lead me. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm, I'm gonna, you can have a seat right now. We're going to start the message. I'm going to get this table out. And I want to tell you that this whole concept... Victor, were you going to do this for me? You're so nice. No, I got it. I got it. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't know. Jesus said, you'll see. That's the title of today's message. You can write that down while I'm getting prepared here. You'll see. You'll see. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you very much. I will. You know how... Mobile I am. Thank you very much. Jesus said, you'll see. Can you open to John chapter 1? Who knows when Jesus says, you'll see, you'll see. You'll see. Someone else could say that sounds like a threat, right? Oh, you'll see. Wait till your mother gets... No, I mean, you'll see. But Jesus is not saying that. He says, you're going to... You'll see. You will see. You will see. Someone say, you'll see. And just like Nathaniel, who was poised and ready to go and follow Jesus, Jesus saw he was ready. He comes and he says, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. He knows Nathaniel's heart is inclined toward Messiah already. And Nathaniel's going to be a follower of his. He knows it. I'm convinced that he knows it already. And he says, as a promise to Nathaniel, you will see. Should we just read the scripture? Who has John 1 ready? Can someone read John 1 for me? I'm going to come down to you. John 1, do you have it in your Bibles? John 1, it's in your Bible too? Okay, it's, it's, it's where the book of John starts actually, is chapter 1. Uh, we're going to go to verse 49 and read to 51. Don, you have it? I appreciate that. Thank you so very much. I'm going to bring you the microphone to read John 1, 49 through 51. All right, here you go. Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the, the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I, I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, here, here, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of, of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Amen. Thank you, God, for the reading of your word. And more importantly, following this, the application of it. We are going to live this out. Rabbi, you are the son of God, Nathaniel says. Oh, that's a good start. Acknowledging Jesus for who he is. You are the son of God. But look what Jesus says. Oh, oh, not only that, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. We've got two things going on here. And then Jesus says this. Let me get this straight. I, I tell you one little thing, and all of a sudden, I'm the Son of God. I must, be, I must be the Son of God, the King of Israel, right? I think Jesus is like, really? That's all it takes? 
And I almost feel like I'm getting fresh revelation from the Holy Spirit right now to say, yeah, that's all it takes. No one knows the supernatural power of God until you release it. They don't know it. It's an impossibility to them until you, as a spirit-filled believer, the same spirit in you that raised Jesus from the dead, spoiler alert, <laughs> later on in our teaching, the same spirit lives in you. So if I, if I ask John, John, do, can, can you change the light bulb? John says yes. You think I'm asking him a week, he's not going to be able to do it? You think I'm asking him in a year, he's not going to be able to do it? Of course he's going to be able to do it. I changed the light bulb. I know what I'm doing. Done this a zillion times. And not only that, John would be like, you ain't seen nothing that. I could do much more than that. Light bulbs? Got it. You'll see greater things. Let me not get ahead of myself. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? Easy. You will see greater things than these. Would you say that with me? You will see greater things than these. But I'll tell you this. I don't know where any of you were before you got here this morning. If I were to just say something like the Lord gave me a a word of knowledge and I knew that you were here, you said this, you were with so-and-so who's not here, you would be like, what? God is doing something. How did you know? I was all alone. No one saw that. Someone saw. And the someone who saw lives in us and is trying to get out. He's trying to get out. And Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened. You will see. You'll see. You'll see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. All right, so here we are in the Apostles teaching this series. It's called The Beloved. And this message, number 19, in John chapter 1, as we wrap up the first chapter and the Lord sets us on a new path. He's doing it, even though I'm not going to tell you the full scope of all that, but he already was shaping the message even before I went to the conference. But he just kicked it up about 50 notches. So hold on to your seatbelts. There was something else, whatever. Hold on tight. This message is called You'll See. And Lord, I just welcome you right now. Show us. We want to see. And we will do what it takes to be able to see by your direction. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Nathaniel says, Rabbi, you're the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. So ca- It seems casual when we read it. But the, Jesus was identifying some things. Not only did he know his character, but he heard his declaration. And he's like, I'll take it. I'll take it. We're not despising the, the days of small beginnings. We're not despising small faith. You got faith of a mustard seed? You come on over here. We're going to give you more faith, more word, more faith, more word, more faith, more hearing, more faith. Is that what the, the word says? Faith comes by hearing. and hearing by the word of Christ. Jesus is speaking today. So Nathaniel's convinced. He's ready. He's on the road and he's, I'm ready to follow. Does anyone remember the Lystra affair? Does anyone remember what happened at Lystra? (laughs) This is is crazy. Um, Paul speaks this message, the Apostle Paul. This is now way later than where we are in the text right now. But Paul speaks this message in faith, and he sees a crippled man from birth, never walked before. And he sees that he has faith 
to be healed. And so Paul just declares it. Get up, stand up on your feet and walk. Paul says something because he sees something. Jesus said, you will what? See. Jesus said, you'll what? You'll see. Here's Paul seeing that a man had faith to be healed. And then he says, you stand up. Paul's calling for this guy to do something. You know, there are lots of people that came to Jesus and Jesus healed them. I'm telling you, I don't know what I'm saying so much of the time until it comes. The Holy Spirit wants to let you know all these people came to Jesus and he healed them all. Someone came to Jesus that wasn't even her time. He was like, it's not your time. She's like, yeah, but... And he's like, okay, you can have it. Do you remember this? Paul is not waiting for someone to come and ask for it. Paul sees that they have faith. He's like, I can work with that. You, get up. Pastor Ty at the BFAM conference, he saw somebody. He said, Miss, you know, the black hoodie, uh, where are you from? She said, Honolulu. He said, I had no idea. That's cool. He said, conference there next year. And uh, in faith, you know. No, but he, he identified faith in her and he called it out. And I was, I was just so moved by that. And now I'm remembering it because the Holy Spirit just brought me to that. From something that's not in my notes. Is God real? Yes. See, there's words of knowledge. I know something about something. There's words of wisdom as well. And we're going to get to that later. Words of wisdom. The Holy Spirit is trying to get a message through to us that don't expect things to be like they were at 9.55 today and before. It's different now. It's different now because you're going to hear something today. So here's what happens. Paul doesn't even wait for him to, to ask. He just says. He gives him the miracle of healing. Stand up on your feet and walk. And so this guy who's never walked before stands up and starts walking. Yeah. What? In front of everybody. What? That's a miracle, isn't it? Yes. Does that sound like a greater thing than Jesus did? Do you ever remember Jesus going up to anyone and saying, you're just going to have this because I say so? I cannot picture in my mind. Like, I'm saying it's real time happening. I haven't studied to prove that I'm right. <laughs> you know, which I normally do. I don't want to tell you wrong things, but I cannot think of an instance where Jesus was like, you know what, come here, come, I'm going to give some to you. No, they came to him. But Jesus said, you will see greater things than I've done. And we would all say, no, no, but you're, no, Jesus though, Jesus, you're all you. Linda, weren't you talking about something like this weeks ago? Greater things, greater things. And walking in that, and that's like, when Jesus says this, we're going after it. Whatever Jesus says, even if you feel uncomfortable with it, right? No, I'm, I'm taking away from Jesus. No, you're not. You're giving to him the worship and the glory that's due his name. He said, you will see greater things than these. This appears to be a greater thing even here. It's qualitatively different. It, this, the system, it's all based on faith. But Paul's like, no, I see it and I'm not, I cannot wait. Jesus could come back at any time. And like the woman who had the infirmity, she, you know, hunched over for 18 years, a daughter of Abraham in covenant with Abraham. And it's the Sabbath. 
And it's like, shouldn't this daughter of Abraham be loosed? Maybe this is one where Jesus did it. I don't know. I can't remember. But I, on the Sabbath, I don't care if it is the Sabbath. We're going we're gonna to get it done. Here we go. What, you know what? We can reason this together. Let's go find out. Someone tell me later. But I'm telling you, Paul is looking out and seeing faith in someone, and he's releasing a miracle. How many miracles have you released? Did someone say 50? <laughs> How many miracles have you released? I, I wish that was true. I don't know if that is true. No, I'm just saying, we have to think about this all together, don't we? Have I released any miracles at all in my life? Or have I been just like, I'll pray for you. And then maybe we do, maybe we don't. And then some of us, maybe we don't know how to pray exactly the way Jesus and the disciples prayed. And so maybe we don't get some results that we should be getting. Even at that stage, much, much less just identifying faith and saying, I got it for you right now, here you go. The townspeople see this and they start telling everybody. And I'm going to bring you to Acts chapter 14. And we're going to start the second part of the 11th verse. Acts 14, 11b. (laughs) And they say, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. That's problematic already, right? So here's Paul and Barnabas. The gods have come down to us. Like We don't even do gods around here. It's just God. God in three persons. Blessed Trinity. All right, so Barnabas they called Zeus. Again, we have a problem with that. And Paul, they called Hermes. A problem with that because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, let's just say this. The idolatrous leader in that town, the idol leader in that town, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. Come on, people, let's sacrifice it. They're the gods come down to us in the form of men. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd. They didn't delay. Immediately they were out there crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain, worthless, dead idols, from these vain things, to a living God who made the heavens and the earth. And the sea and all that's in them. In past generations, he allowed the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Verse 18 says, Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. Even when they said... We're no different than you, except we're connected to the living God, so you've got to stop and put away these dead things, these idols, and turn to living God. We just know one more thing than you know, that this God is the real, true, living God. Jesus made a way for us. And verse 19 says, But Jews, before I get to verse 19, because I can't hardly even with this, these people, Again, so Nathaniel's quick to, to go, you're the king, the son of God, you're the king of Israel. Quick. These people are quick. We're going to sacrifice oxen, and we're bringing garlands, and we're just going to crown them, and we're going to do this whole thing and worship to them. Because a miracle was done, a supernatural thing was done. People are so fast to just willy-nilly believe whatever. We need good doctrine, don't we? Yeah. We need to know the word 
Dr. Steve Schell was giving us a breakout session at this conference, and I, my mind was blown just at the simplicity of what he said. No, we don't want to believe in someone named Jesus. We want to believe in Jesus. It's not, it's not enough that it's just someone named Jesus. That's not the promise. It's who he is. Does that make sense? There's a whole lot of people named Jesus that aren't the Savior, the perfect sacrifice, the God-man. So it's not just any old Jesus. It's Jesus who lived like this and is calling us to live like this. You, you align yourself. You hitch your wagon to that ox. You, know? you yoke yourself there and we'll, we'll get down the road. This is what I'm talking about. And, and so the people are going crazy because they've seen a sign. They've seen a miracle. Okay. So instead of praising God, duh, they praise these men who they say are gods. And, and they're like, even with these words, they can scarcely restrain them from sacrificing to them. So they're even trying and they're like, nah, but we're going to do it anyway. We don't. And what kind of God lies to you anyway? No, we're not gods. Yeah, no, no, you're probably lying. We're going to sacrifice to you. That's not a God I would follow. Amen? Picture it. You're, you're continued like pressing, even though I've told you, either I'm lying or I'm actually not a God. Either way, don't sacrifice to me. Now, don't worry, it gets worse. Night, as, it, as it tends to do, Verse 19, but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and having persuaded the crowd. So Jews come in to this crowd that is desperate to worship these guys, right? And just this fast, Jews came in from Antioch and Iconium and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city and they stoned him so good that they supposed he was dead. And so they took him out of the city. Just that fast. People need to be discipled, don't they? Yes. Not just a, hey, just Jesus. Just all we need is Jesus. We don't even need doctrine. We just need Jesus. No, you don't. You need to know Jesus in full. Why Jesus? Who Jesus? How Jesus? Everything. And that's why God was like, I'll tell you what. I'm not only giving Jesus in the flesh, I'm giving you the word in printed form. I'm giving you the sword of the spirit. I'm giving, I'm giving you everything you need for life and godliness. And Jesus described it, life and life more abundantly. And in this context today, Jesus says, you'll see, and I'm telling you, you'll see. But I want you to know, you're not going to see if you come to church and sleep. You're not going to see if you come to church and sleep. You're not going to see if you stay at home and sleep. Laura was talking to me months ago about the Sheep Among Wolves Volume 2 and, and this sleepy Christians in America. So the, these, these Christians in Iran, underground, they don't have even a, an ability to openly worship the Lord. And so here they are, they're risking their lives at every minute. And, and the missionaries who go and they see this, they're like, Americans just don't even get it. We don't get it. 
and we're asleep and we're driving the car. We're, I mean, we're on the road and we're going fast. We're careening into something. May it be Jesus. May it be heaven. I don't think we take our spiritual life seriously enough. I want to tell you today, if you're sleeping in church, Jesus is saying you're not going to see what I have for you. If you're sleeping at home, you're not going to see what I have for you. Do not fool yourself to think that you will escape. You're asleep. And I told you, be watchful. Couldn't you stay awake for an hour with me? Jesus says about he's about to get crucified. Not one hour could you stay awake. I told you to pray. You can't even stay awake for an hour. This is too heavy. I need to, I need to dial it back. Come on. Help me get happy again. Come on, sing us a song, Pastor. Do a little dance. Do a little soft shoe like you do. Sing to me. Bring it, give me a show tune real quick, right, Pastor Jeff? No. This is what you do, right? Dance, monkey. No. Give us a little something so we can, we can smile again. No. I, I'm torn. I don't know what to do. Because I feel it's so heavy. Because I'm responsible for you. And because I love you. Pastor Ty was talking about people of war and how you need people of war. I'll tell you who's not doing battle. People who are sleeping. People who are sleeping are not going to go to war. Do not rely on those people. Do not call them to fight for you when you're in a pickle. They're sleeping. And they're sleeping in the midst of a battle. This is not Jesus peacefully sleeping on a storm because he knows the storm ain't no thing. This is no people are out to kill you and they will prevail over you. The thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Go to sleep. See how fast you make it. See how long you last. Keep sleeping. See how long you last. Not long. Not long. And the thing is, Jesus told Nathaniel, you'll see because he knew that he wasn't sleeping. He was awake. He was awake enough to have an opinion about a lot of stuff and share it, right? He was hard on his sleeve. He was just out there with, with his opinions. No guile. But man, we, we know exactly what this guy thinks. Uh, they stone Paul. They're going to go there trying to sacrifice him. And it's like, this is the thanks we get as preachers, you know? I mean, even now, I'm, I'm like, I, someone may hate this, you know? But I don't know, I can't not say it. What am I going to do, not say it? I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you, no, just keep on sleeping, it's fine. La la loo. No, it's not fine. Because you need to see, and you need to be a part of the greater things that Jesus has. You're going to see heaven to open. But I tell you what, sleep and you won't see heaven to open. You won't see it, you won't experience it, you won't live the fullness of that. Just go to sleep. I'll, I'll talk softer, you just go to sleep. Let's go sleep. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Who's talking? God's talking. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Why? They couldn't, they couldn't even stay awake to get it. Um, Pastor Jennifer was talking about, I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How do you see when you're sleeping? What do you, when you're sleeping, what are your eyes hopefully doing? 
like this, right? Your eyelids are down. You're blocking out distractions. I'm like, I just don't shut down. Rejuvenate. I'll tell you the time to not rejuvenate is right in the midst of hand-to-hand combat. Right? I mean, don't blink. Hardly. You just like get it going. You, you should be alert. And, and here's, here's my big problem is not only can we destroy ourselves and I see enough of that, I see enough of God's people that are like even here-ish, here-ish, right? Being destroyed and not living in the fullness. But I also see we have a potential to ruin other people's lives too. They see, oh, you're a Christian. Your life is about as good as it can get. And they're right. And so whatever level of Christianity you're living at is the testimony of Jesus and he is glorious. Is your life glorious? People, tell, people ask me all the time because they're nice and they want to know and they ask me, how are you doing? I'm saying, I'm perfect. I'm, my, I'm, I'm the most blessed. I, can, I, I, can't even, I can't even hardly imagine more blessing. I just, I, I got everything going for me. I have a beautiful family. Marriage has lasted strong 20 years. <laughs> Not that I was great at it, the first few. She's always been perfect at it, but I, I was a holdout. I, I, needed, I needed some rough edges rubbed off and some pride, you know, scraped off and all that. But the Lord got me through. I have these beautiful children. We have three generations living together and my children and their grandmother being able to have all of that godly influence. We're not going to get through these notes just if you were wondering. So be of good cheer. <laughs> but I, I do feel like I need to say what the Lord is saying. I have the best life that I can even really imagine. And then I go to the BFAM conference and the Lord is like, I'll tell you a secret, son. You ain't seen nothing yet. If you are willing to wake up from your slumber, from your own entertainment, from your own casual Christianity, you are going to see greater things. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like, yep, got all the money I need. Yep. Got all the vehicles I need. Yep. Got all the friends I need. I got the church I need. I got, I, got my, I got my country club. Right? I call church. Okay? Um, what else is there? What, what else do people, what else do people, what regular people like? I don't know. <laughs> Anyone see Camelot? Here I go. What do the simple folk do? Pastor Caleb and Joan there is like, listen, don't get out there and expect people to live like you. Not everyone's like us. Not everyone's willing to forsake all and follow Jesus. <laughs> That's not news. <laughs> it's in your Bible too. Some forsook all and followed him. And then they stopped. Like most everybody. I mean, only this gospel, this gospel writer, the Apostle John, he was the only one of the big 12 that were at the crucifixion. Everyone else was gone. Is it 11.22? I don't know. Some people come and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm so in. And you're so right, pastor. 
I've heard these words. Don't. There's almost like, what's it called? Post-traumatic stress syndrome. I almost, I almost can't even hear those words. You're so right, Pastor. Don't even say it. It's like, say something else. You know, like, God is good. God is speaking to me. I don't know. I say something because I, I, I've heard those words and, and all of a sudden these people are like gone, gone. Off the reservation, gone. Right? And I'm like, no, well, if I was so right, <laughs> just don't even tell me. I don't know. People, Nathaniel's life was going to have to change. So you say this and that means Nathaniel's life is going to have to change. You're going to worship a different way now. The Old Testament worship is different than New Testament worship. Who knows that? Are you glad that you don't have to be like ranchers, you know, or, or going to a rancher to buy your sacrifice and having to worry about like weird temple money changers and all that and, and all of this nonsense? I am too. We don't have to bring things and kill them to come in here. Jesus died once and for all. And we identify with his death. death. I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Man, just Galatians 2. It's right there in the scripture. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What does your life say about you? Does it say Galatians 2.20? Or does it say they will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, prideful, not lovers of God, jealous? What, what, what does your lifestyle say about you? If Nathaniel's so ready to jump into this new kingdom, it means that he's going to have to radically change. His worship style even changes. And now he's going to have to go and learn a whole new thing. He's ready. He's, he needs to be able to see a new thing. I can't even read any of this. I just have to like figure out how I'm going to say it now. I don't think most people count the cost of what following Jesus means. Most people don't count the cost. Maybe the rich young man sort of did, but I, I referenced that. He didn't even ask the right questions. So, okay, I'll give away all my money. Great. You know, and I've kept all these commandments from, since I was a young, young boy. Great. And I'll follow you. Do we need money in this ministry? Like, do disciples, do you need money? Like, what are we going to do? You know, I'm pretty good at getting some money. Can I have some money later? You know, is money bad? He, he asks nothing, he just walks away. How quickly do you... <laughs> it's just like this whole day. How quickly do you walk away from Jesus? Having come so quickly to Jesus. Right? Oh yes, I'm right in, I'm, I'm in there with you. And then how quickly do you walk away? Or, here you are in the garden, how quickly do you fall asleep? Nathaniel is going to worship this God-man now, who like he can even see is right in front of them. This is like a whole thing. Uh, Judaism to Christianity is a shift. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. <laughs> um, 
Someone say this. My sacrifice is me. They're singing these songs. Who am I to lead myself when I've come to know that you're already leading me? Who am I to lead myself? Who do I think I am? Right? Bought with a price. I am not my own. Say it again. My sacrifice is me. Yeah. I've got my house surrounded. I know I'm in there. Come out with both my hands up and don't make me come in and get me. Yeah? Right? That's the, that is the truth. <laughs> it's so good. Paul and Barnes were like, don't worship me, worship Jesus. And Jesus wasn't, when Nathaniel said, you're the son of God, you're the king of Israel, Jesus wasn't like, no, that's not me. Notice that he just let it ride. You got it. I'm seeing faith in you. And so you're going to see greater things. Mm. I, had, I had some things. You know how I do. We do like kind of like the lab intertwined with our, our lecture time. But I don't know if we can even do that today. I'm not feeling it like that today. Is that okay? You're like, it's okay, Pastor. Just let us out. <laughs> Anything. I already laced up my running shoes. I'm, I gotta go. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna race home so I can sleep. I love you. Did I say that already? I mean, I do love you. And I know that, like, uh, we're not all like that. There's some of us who really want the Lord. They want, we want more of the Lord than we've ever seen. We've got to be do, willing to do something different than we've ever done to see the greater things. I'm, I'm going to save all the rest of that. I'm going to save all of the rest of my notes. I think I may have gotten through half, but I knew at the conference that it wasn't going to be easy for me today. <laughs> I, knew, I don't even know what I'm going to do, you know. And so thank, thank the Lord that he, can you just do that? Can you just thank God that he showed up today? We welcomed your spirit. You've shown up. You know exactly what you're doing. So my daughter, my eight-year-old daughter, my eight-year-old lovely daughter, my eight-year-old saved daughter, my eight-year-old baptized daughter, and Olive, I want to ask you a couple questions. What I did in the car, we were singing this song, and I didn't know if they were even paying attention, but I'm going to play the piano. I'm going to ask you some questions. I didn't prep them for this, but we just talked a little bit about it. I didn't teach. I said, that's deep. And so, Olive, when we're singing a song like this, it says, I will make room for you. Who are we talking to? We're talking to God. And so what does making room mean? You have a room, right? Does it mean making room in there? No. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means like um, setting aside all the distractions. Are you kidding me right now? Didn't I tell you? Our kids 
learn things here about Jesus and about his ways. There is wisdom coming from our children because they're with us. Amen. And she said, removing the distractions. I want you to just, where you are, you know your life better than anyone. What distracts you from staying awake in the spirit and just going after other things? When we say your way is better, what does that mean? Who are we talking to? Whose way is better? Better than whose? Ours. Than our way. What? Do we have a way? I don't know. Have we even thought if we have a way or not that may be different than Lord's? I'm convinced that we do, and I'm convinced that we have some ways that we don't even realize are out of alignment with the Lord's ways. And I believe that he has opened my eyes. I'm going to need to repent of some things. I've already started. I told you earlier this morning. Does anyone feel like they're kind of right there with me in some things? Maybe some things in your life that aren't exactly dialed in with what the Lord has for us. Maybe I've, I've let my ways that are not better trump his ways the things that he has for me. We have to stop that. I'm tempted to stop playing until like everyone says it like with gusto, but I won't. But we have to stop that. We really have got to align ourselves with Jesus and his ways because the time is short. We don't have time to waste. They didn't think they had any time to waste and they've been long dead. It's only closer. It's imminent. And depending on how you're seeing the world right now and the darkness that's everywhere and all the wars and rooms and blah, 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 and like the things that you're like, we were looking out for things like this to signify the end times. You know, maybe we're just in them. And maybe it shouldn't matter whether, whether we're in the end times or not. Maybe we should just do what Jesus says anyway. So we don't have to get dogmatic about whether these are the end times or not, but maybe we just open our eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest and we stop sleeping and we go get them. Maybe you make that phone call instead of not. Make, make that invitation. Maybe you say, come with me. Come and see. I remember Philip was saying, and here comes Nathaniel. And Jesus, so Philip says, come and see. God, thank you for being so, so close. Philip says, come and see. And then what does Jesus say to Nathaniel? You will what? You'll see. You will see. Jesus is not going to let you down. He's not going to make you look stupid. You say, come and see, and I'll tell you what, they're going to see here. Amen? I couldn't get to the miracle preaching today. I hinted at it. But next week when you come, we're going to get to the miracle part. I said next week, when you come. Because I know sometimes you struggle to get here. Can we just be honest for a second? You struggle to get to church. Not everyone. Cheryl, you're always here. Others I can look at, but, but not, not all of us. 
Is it okay that I say that, like in public? Can I just say it? Can I tell you like the whole truth? I mean, if you're not working a job that you need, get here. Online, wake up early enough to have the, at least the stream going. And, but then don't make breakfast while the, the church is going. Don't run around with the kids. Don't, don't even be on your feet. Sit down and open your Bible and open your journal and let's, let's start digging into the things. Let's start digging deep and laying the foundation. I know Paul said, look, we don't have to lay the foundation again. We'll do it if we have time. No, no, no. We're going to lay the foundation all over again because the Lord instructed me to do it. We're going to lay the foundation from scratch. And none of us are going to assume anything. Amen? You know what happens to people who assume stuff. No. We're not going to assume anything. We're just going to be very clear and transparent. And from the word go, all right, you want to follow me? This is what it looks like. It's going to mean some changes in your worship. It's some changes in your lifestyle, some changes in your schedule, some changes in your vision. Are you ready for the change? I was processing this conference I told John this morning I said you can't just come home from a conference and start preaching that you know saying they weren't even there they don't know they're not ready you know you kill some people with that you know (laughs) I'm not trying to kill anybody I'm trying to make you live you know Uh, I'm just saying this is this is that serious and but I, I did feel along with the you know Jeff you repent in front of those people that you've not served well enough yet you've not called them to the fullness of this thing yet you repent and and just this is how we do it in our house you say, I'm sorry for the offense. And I've done that. And then we're, we're including this because I think this is right. Will you forgive me? Church, will you forgive me? No, it's very gracious of you. If it weren't Pastor Appreciation Month, would you forgive me? No, I'm, I'm telling you, like, my life is going to look radically different. I'm not telling you anything to you know, do something I'm not willing to do. Uh, we've talked about it. <laughs> we have some conversations with our children coming up about lifestyle changes and such that, you know, we're going to make. Will you join me in it? As many as will join me, we'll see. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. If that is you, and if in the sincerity of your heart, you can tell the truth and say these words, Lord, your way is better. I have had a way that is not as good as yours, and I'm done living almost empty. However however filled I think I was, Lord, you have far, far more that you want me to see, and you've guaranteed I will see it if I wake up and activate and build my life on this solid rock and give my life to it, lay my life down and take yours up. If you can say those kinds of things, then I want you to say it. I want you to tell the Lord. You can use your own words. You can use my words. I'm, I'm the sacrifice. My sacrifice is me. I want to see greater. I know it won't happen by magic. I'm ready to see. 
I'm ready to see more. I'm ready to realign my life with your priorities. Thank you for opening my eyes. Can you tell them? Thank you for opening my eyes. Reveal to me what needs to be fasted for a short time. Fasted for an extended time. What needs to be entirely stripped away from my life completely never to return. What needs to be added to my schedule. What needs to to come forth in my heart and my attentiveness. My steadfastness. My diligence. My zeal. My passion. Birth those things or reignite them or whatever you have to do. I've been drowsy at best, dead at worst, asleep in the middle, somewhat likely. Thank you for rejuvenating our church, Lord. I thank you for that. Thank you for rejuvenating our church. Thank you that revival is born here today on October 10th, 2021, that we are reviving. Revive us again. (laughs) We recognize the work that you're doing. No sane preacher would ever come up and preach this message. This is not one of those that is so winsome. And Lord, even in the... the fullness of what I believe you're calling me to do, I, I just publicly acknowledge that we welcome if there is any necessary pruning that you have left to do that hasn't already been done to allow us to be only the people who are going to be about your kingdom and your business, then I welcome the pruning. Even though it hurts me. Even though it hurts you in some ways, let you know it's better. You you decided to prune you came up with that idea and so Lord I welcome it and I I just publicly acknowledge that even though it's not comfortable you want everyone I want everyone everyone who has ears to hear everyone who has ears to have the word go in and faith come out and be lived and demonstrated. Everyone who will adjust their calendars and make room for you to do whatever you want because your way is better. We can say that our church, The Rock, is a place where God gets to do what he wants to do, but it cannot only be during services in the people that put them on. It must be in the hearts of the people who call the rock home, who call this group family. It's in my heart, Lord. I'm hearing rumblings around your sanctuary that it is in the hearts of some people. And I bless you for it. And with all those who you would draw and continue to draw and to say, this is my life now. Jesus is my life now. So that we can look around even as Mark has said to me for years who's in the foxhole with me knowing that they have my back and they are secure, confident assured that I have their back and that we have each other's back 
We don't have to wonder, are they really going to go or are they going to run away from the battle? Are they going to leave me in the lurch? Church, I want to tell you that be fam is not only be fruitful and multiply, it's be family. And we're building it here. And you know what? Jen and I, guess how many kids we had when we got married? Zero. And then we got married and guess how many we had? One. How many do we have now? Five. It took a process to get to five. It took some time. That's okay. I'm okay with the time. But how many, how many of my kids do you think I'm satisfied losing to the world? to the devil, to hell, zero. That's how I feel about you. I am not satisfied with anything less than your absolute best. And if you don't see it, it'll break my heart. Jesus said, you will see, but he told it to someone who was going to follow him. Someone who was going to follow him. I promise you, I will not be dogmatic or draconian in it. As much as I can help the presentation, it will be pleasant. It'll be powerful. I'm going to tell you the promises of God are for you and for today. And yes and amen and always, always, all of it. But not by magic. By the Spirit of the Lord working in the sons of obedience. Amen? Well, with that, Lord, I declare over these people, as many as the Lord our God not only will, but has and is still calling, all those people, we are the sons of obedience. And you'll see, come on, someone tell the Lord, and you'll see you will see greater things than these. You will see greater things than what my life has been. Will you tell him? Can you imagine what you're doing to the Lord's heart right now? It's, it, it's bursting with pride and joy over you, his children. Lord, you will see greater miracles from my hands. You will see greater faith, greater belief. You'll see my life receive all of your fullness and you will see me overflowing to other people for their benefit. I'm not going to let it stagnate just in my own home and we're going to get everything and that'll already be an upgrade. We're going to let it out to everybody around us. You're going to open our eyes. We're going to go pray. We're going to go minister. We're going to be at the hands and feet of Jesus extended. If you're looking for a city and a place to show your glory, Lord, look no further. We're available. We sign up today. We enlist today. And it's not a contract. This is a covenant. And now you're in. Amen. If you believe it, say amen. 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 God bless you.